Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskan. Call 087-660-40-237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets, for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. 11 to 1. This is LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. Good morning. Hope you're keeping well. You can get in touch. WhatsApp and text lines are open 086 1800 658. Here's Madonna. Classic Madonna. Material Girl kicking us off this Thursday morning. Sinead Brazel here with you. And it's straight down to business this morning. We have a jam-packed show on the way for you. And I'm going to start off with this first guest of mine because do you know what it is? Anytime I have any communication with this man, it's always interesting and entertaining. But I have to say his latest email certainly stopped me in the tracks because it had a heading in the subject bar with the words Saints and Sinners, The Rude Nude. So, least to say, he had my attention. On opening the email, I got further information and I uh, heard the words, or I read the words, hilarious tale of a young child, a drug, a priest, a bar of soap and a pair of trousers. So I had to find out more about the rude nude story that shocked the people of Drogheda all the way back in 1909. And no better man to tell us more. Historian Brendan Matthews is on the line. How are you getting on, Brendan? Oh, great, today. Thanks very much for having me on. It's great to have you. It's always interesting. It's always entertaining when I chat to you about local history. But this has to be up there with the most unusual. First of all, tell me, where did you come across this story about the rude nude? Okay, I came across this story, Sinead, uh, many years ago, over uh, maybe 12, 13 years ago, um, in the first instance, and I would have come across it by mistake. So I would have been researching through the newspapers um, for something totally different and something else caught my eye. And it was about this um, kind of row that broke out over an advertising company in Drogheda. And it began in 1809. And it was in relation to a, a company called the Drogheda Advertising Company. And this was at a period of the late Victorian into the Edwardian period. So from from 1891, you first find this Drogheda Advertising Company sets up business in town and are operating from the Whitworth Hall. And 
they are they are also operating across England and Ireland and all over Europe. So this was a new thing in the later 19th into the early 20th century of erecting uh, gigantic uh, billboards or hoardings along the affairs in and out of towns. And they were replacing these advertising hoarding boards, uh, these big billboards were replacing the older sandwich type boards that used to be advertising uh, products and Oh, these, the, we still have kind of iterations of these today like the big billboards that we see yeah. now and also you're talking about these little kind of um, uh, boards that people put up outside their business as such yeah exactly so those older ones outside the shops maybe you see them at cafes and stuff even today well they were kind of they were crowding the streets and if you look at photographs of old Rahada from the Victorian into the Edwardian period you could compare it to our Celtic Tiger period of the early early millennium because uh, you see the photographs, the streets are absolutely jam-packed. It's a Celtic Tiger period going into this Edwardian time and so fashion was the big thing. Uh, cafes were on the go, cinemas, photography, cars were on the go in Drogheda since 1901, telephone communications. And so people were uh, looking for these advertisements uh, in a different method. And so in a, this company began in 1890 and they would uh, erect hoardings all over the northeast, and in and out of they erected these hoardings on every thoroughfare into the town to advertise products for whoever wanted to uh, use these billboards. So, um, a so couple this, of times they, they were in court over people using their storyboards oh, wow. and things like that, this Trahada advertising company. But when you roll it on then another 18 years to 1909, this is when the advertising company got into a bit of trouble with a local uh, priest in Trahada. And it was all over a very ordinary, everyday product. We all use it. We've been using it even more so since covid uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, there's, there's no doubt. Uh, it was an age-old product as well because um, this this product had been on the go for over a hundred years. And of course, the whole this particular advertisement went up in the summer of 1909, so just over 113 years ago. And of course, as soon as it went up, one particular advertising on a hoarding, which was right at the railway station, and anyone who would be familiar with the Dublin Road, but leaving Drogheda today, would know that that advertising board, as far as I'm aware, I, I'm almost certain 100% that that advertising board is still in the same position. Wow, even after all I know those the one years. you're talking about, yeah. Oh yeah. my God, that's fascinating. And this was all to do with soap. It's all got to do with soap, yeah. And so I have images of the Drogheda hoarding um, with the image on it back in 1909. And uh, it was in relation to uh, the, the poster contained a nude and it was a nude of a child. And it was a local priest. Uh, I won't say which parish he was from, but he got involved by the first thing he done was he ordered a late night meeting with the Drogheda Advertising Company where he really let rip at them that they were to take it down. And so all accus- accusations started to fly in the aftermath of this meeting. The, the, the uh, bishop was involved in it. His name was dragged into it. And the priest apparently had said at the meeting that if the poster was not removed from the hoarding, he would go out at 3 a.m. in the morning and get some people to help him and he would burn it down with paraffin. Now, he later denied no. this and he said he did not say that. Uh, so the priest went down then to say that somebody actually had interfered. And when the priest was interviewed, he said that somebody had interfered with the child's anatomy. And he kind of, he went down on that kind of slant. Now that was later discounted and unproven. 
Okay, so, so this what the plot happened thickens was the, with this, right? Yeah. So in the aftermath of the of the meeting, then what happened was, um, and here's the power of advertising. Whatever happened at that meeting between the local priest in Drogheda and the advertising company, word got out from that meeting, and the first time the story appears is in London because there's the mm. home base of the people, the company who actually owned the product, and so of course this would have been marvelous for them. Yes. This is this any any uh, news is good news as far as they were concerned for advertising so they uh, the first time I found the actual piece was in the Star newspaper of London which was in the 2nd of September 1909 and then the next day it was in the London Westminster Gazette and then finally on Saturday the 4th of September 1909 it appeared on an Irish newspaper which was the Irish Independent and then of course it went into the Sunday newspapers right across the United Kingdom and Ireland and eventually then the the following week on the 11th of September it was picked up by the local papers which there was three in town the Drogheda Argus the Drogheda Independent which we still have and the Drogheda Conservative and it was the Drogheda Independent who really got access to the priest to hear his total views on it Oh and of course that would have been you know that would have been common at the time it would have been like you know I mean you know we talk about separation of church and state and the the control that the, the priests had so you know getting this I suppose exclusive with the priest was exactly what he wanted but the the fact that this story went spread like wildfire I mean it went viral didn't it yeah, absolutely. It could be compared to today's um, Facebook. Um, not only Facebook, but also fake news that we're probably well aware of yes. now with social media platforms. So the accusations that were flying were kind of they were they were they were, they were disproven in the first instance. And the priest said no, he didn't get an order from the bishop and all to take down the post, or the bishop had nothing to do with it. But um, so all these accusations were flying at the time, and the priest thought that it was immoral, even though this. This advertising poster had been all across the United Kingdom. So um, eventually the priest did give uh, a full interview to the Drogheda Independent and he also wrote letters to the London newspapers to state his case and to also send letters to the Irish newspapers. And the interesting thing about it, Arjunaid, is that some of these stories I've come across before, they might appear in, say, places like Drogheda, and then they would be picked up, that particular story would be picked up, and they would maybe reissue that tale in a load of other newspapers exactly the same. Yeah. So, in other words, taking it from a local issue and bringing it national and even international sometimes. But in this instance the papers all latched onto it themselves and they each tried to get their own version of it. on it. I love that. Yeah, so there's a really interesting tale as to how do you get through all this mismatch and so I went through every report I got from the clergy to the advertising company to the newspaper media and I tried to sort out the whole thing and so hence... So this um, is going to be on, the, the talk, which is, we don't want to give too yeah. much away about this. By the way, if people want to check this out, you have the image on your Facebook. I posted it on our Twitter yeah. as well. I mean, looking at it now, yeah. it is fairly innocent by today's standards in terms of advertising and what is used, that's for sure. But this talk, yeah. you're going to have it next Tuesday. This is where you're going to go into more detail on this. 
Yeah, if you go into more detail, the actual one that's on the um, the for the show on Tuesday night at the Barbican, the the um, the advertisement display that I'm using is not the actual advertisement of the child that was in 1909. But I actually have that original image. It's a it's a it's a different image of uh, the child as well, not the one that's advertised. But the reason then I chose the title of of Saints and Sinners because it's on the first of November. That's All Saints Day, of and we just be yeah. For the day of All Souls Day, which would be selling on Halloween, so that's why I titled that then to um, to uh, present it on Tuesday night next at the at the uh, the Barbican. Well, Brendan, I've no doubt that it's going to be a highly entertaining chat. Thank you so much for giving us a little taster of it today on the show. Okay. Thanks very much, Anaid. Thank Thanks you. a million. Brendan Matthews there. Fascinating, fascinating discussion on the power of advertising and talk and everything else. It's called Of Saints and Sinners, The Rude Nude. Uh, as uh, Brendan explained there, he's going to be there in uh, the Barbican on Tuesday next at 8pm. So if you are looking for something, you're a bit of a history buff or you want to find out more about the story, no doubt Brendan will regale it in all of its glory next Tuesday in the Barbican Centre at 8pm. 11 to 1. Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre Monster Mash for Cancer Cash is back and I have tickets up for grabs for that I'll give you all the details very shortly first back to the music here's Harry Hello I'm Harry Harry Styles as it was on LMFM's 11 to 1 now it's time for a little competition Oh yeah. We're doing the monster mash. I was working in the lab late one night. Uh, but it's all for cancer cash. It's all for the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre. They have been in touch with us. And uh, they are running their Monster Mash for cash. It's on tomorrow in Dolly's Bar in Slane. There's going to be music from the legendary DJ Tomo Whelan. Uh, it's going to be on from 8pm to late and tickets are €10 euro and all of the proceeds are going to Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre. Would you like to go along? I have some tickets to give away on the show uh, for this. Okay, all you have to do is tell me what monster am I describing, okay? So these creatures sleep all day, uh, often in a coffin, they sleep. Uh, they come out at night. They live in a castle. Uh, garlic and crosses repel them, uh, but watch out for their fangs. What monster am I talking about? It's very easy. Give us your answer, 86 658 and you could be going along to the Monster Mash for Cancer Cash in Dolly's Bar in Slane with all of the proceeds going directly to the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre. So what monster am I describing, please? Don't forget to put your own details on it as well on WhatsApp or text 86 658 Counting days, counting days since my love up in... Lewis Capaldi bruises on LMFM's 11 to 1. I'm laughing here. Do you know what it is? I could come in here in the foulest of humour sometimes and you never disappoint in cheering me up. I have to say, never let me down. I'm getting a brilliant message. So I was asking you to tell me what monster was I describing and some absolute legend on 86 658 has just come in. I, I don't know who it is, of course. Just come back with the message, the lady down the road. <laughs> What's going on there? There's a story. Is there a feud happening as well with these people? Love that. That's cheered me up no end. This has also cheered me up. Thank you so much, John Kyo 
for getting in touch with the programme. Uh, we were talking earlier on with historian Brendan Matthews about the rude nude that was up on a big billboard back in uh, the 1900s. John says he was born in the railway station house in 1945. He lived there from uh, from that era. Uh, his father worked on the railway, he says. They used to climb up the rude nude, he says, and look down the Dublin road watching for their mam. I mean... Just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So how long was the rude nude there? Or was the bit, the actual board just referred to as that then uh, for all those years later? I love that, John. And he said he's delighted to hear the story on the programme. Well, it's going to be told in much more detail with Brendan uh, in the Barbican next Tuesday. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And you know, if you do go down there, John, I'm sure Brendan would love to connect with you. Uh, somebody that has an attachment like that to the story that he's, t- he's telling. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for getting in touch with us. Now, um, we are going to be talking TV on the programme later on as is uh, the usual on a Thursday I give you my TV recommendations but how would you fancy being on the television well Kite Entertainment the guys behind uh, Gogglebox Ireland and Ireland's Fittest Family they are on the lookout now for contestants well I suppose participants really it's kind of a observational documentary style series uh, it's going to be called Life Actually we're going to find out more details from this with the casting producer just after these 11 to 1 Kite Entertainment, the makers of Gogglebox Ireland and Ireland's Fittest Family are currently casting for a new Virgin Media documentary series called Life Actually and they want couples to take part. Joining me now to tell us more about this is Daisy Hannahoe. She's casting producer with Kite Entertainment. How are you getting on, Daisy? I'm good tonight. Thank you for having me on. Great to have you. Now, when you hear the makers of Gogglebox Ireland and Ireland's Fittest Family are working on a new series, it's bound to be good. Tell us more about Life Actually. I also have a great review some great shows there, Kai. So Life Actually is a new show that we've got coming up and it'll be taking place. We'll be filming it over next year and then we'll go out in 2024. And it's about that stage in your life when, you know, you find love, you're in a couple, and then what's next? So are you going to plan for your dream wedding or maybe you're planning for a baby or maybe you're trying to buy a house or maybe you know, you've been living in Dublin and now you want to go back home to Dublin and you uh, are building your final house there. So whatever couples are doing we would love to let them take us along on their journey oh fantastic okay so you know like you say you know maybe people who are looking for that next step in the relationship they're getting married or people who are married maybe already or maybe not about thinking of having a child and adding to the family and the big one the big one which is the house as well uh, so is this the only criteria pe- people need to have to be on this kind of journey towards a milestone or is there anything else people need no, that's it. And maybe I had hit something. You know, could even be that, you know, someone's been to IVF or surrogacy, or maybe it's that two people that have come together that already have kids, but they're going to do something else. It's like, it's for people that are, if you said, are looking to, they're going to have next step. What are they doing next month? And they, they will also take us on with them. Because we hope that when you were tuning in next year, you will see something that you're like, oh yeah, I'm too bad. You know, that's the kind of thing we're doing first. Okay, so like you say, you know, not everything always goes, you know, smooth sailing. You know, people might have fertility issues, that kind of thing. And you want to document all of it because, you know, it can it can be joyful. All those, you know, experiences, you know, can be amazing. They can be so happy, but they do come with the set of challenges. So you want the highs and the lows. Yeah, exactly. We never know what life is going to show us. So we love these for couples to take us along with them. So if people are interested in applying, uh, what do they actually need to do? So the applications are open at the moment. I'd say you get your application as soon as possible, the sooner the better, because we're closing um, applications on November 11th. And all you need to do is email lifeactually at com, 
and tell us a little bit about yourself, and then either me or my colleague Jen will call you. We'll have a chat and see what the story is. Okay, so and what like you know you're a casting producer, so you're obviously looking for you know people with uh, who are you know a bit outgoing as well for television. So what kind of things for you as a casting producer will stand out? It really depends. It's always the most people that film that film things either that are great or that are great. It's it's such like nice warm. You're interested in sharing. You're interested in you know because there will be cameras that you so it looks like we're not working all the time. Yeah. We have people that take place throughout the year. Everybody's story will be different. Maybe some places, maybe some people take place for three months. Maybe it's spread out. We'll check in every couple of months, and you will also tell us, you know, here's a couple. Hey, we've got something interesting coming up. Or you know, maybe you're doing something at home that's a beautiful moment, or you want to capture it, but we're not around. You know, you can take that yourself. Like it'll be a mixture of home footage and our footage. Oh, I love that style, the mix of the two styles. Yeah, that's really good. And it adds to that whole kind of documentary feel that that you're going for as well. Uh, So, and you're saying as well, next year ideally is the time that you guys want to start going on this in terms of filming. We'll be starting filming probably in January next year. Now, that may be for a couple of months to start until March of the 10th. Applications are transferring now. Applications need to be in by November 11th. Oh, November 11th. Okay, so time is ticking. Well, Daisy, I wish you the yes. best of luck with this. I have no doubt it's going to be a great success. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Sinead. It's a great idea. Thanks a million. Daisy Hanaho there. So if you are interested, right, so essentially you need to be on that sort of, you know, journey towards a big milestone. So you could be preparing to get married. You could be preparing to have a baby or add to the family. Or you could be preparing to buy a house. I know lots of things you have to juggle through with with that. Uh, If so, these guys want to hear from you. It's called Life Actually, as I say documentary series following couples in 2023 so you need to just film a little bit uh, you know just outlining a little bit about yourselves and send it off to lifeactually at kiteentertainment.com lifeactually at kiteentertainment.com we'll keep that email as well at our reception and keep an eye out on our social media later on because we'll post it there as well and hopefully the series will start filming next year 11 to 1 Florence and the Machine, you've got the love on LMFM's 11 to 1. I had a lot of love for this particular black cat from a certain TV show that I absolutely adored, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. We're celebrating National Black Cat Day. Here's Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Remember this guy? How do you like my new litter box? (laughs) Halloween! Is it just a date on the calendar that people from England don't know about? Or is it a state of mind? Love it. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, National Black Cat Day popping up now in the Northeast Update. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 7 Yes, on this day, 1964, American singers Sonny Bono and Cher wed. Apparently, Cher wore bell bottoms. Of course, she did. Uh, and today is National Black Cat Day. Now, because of superstitious belief, in some cultures black cats are sometimes associated with bad luck and sadly they are more likely to be put to sleep or wait a long time to be adopted from shelters National Black Cat Day was launched to show people that a black cat could be the perfect cat for them and help raise awareness about black cats in general they're loyal companions and they pop up all the time in pop culture like Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Witch and of course in Hocus Pocus they've great they've so much personality which is why we need to promote everything about them and keep the you know forget the negative spin Black Cat Day today. 
LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda and Dundalk showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. Just got time to squeeze this one in before 12 news. Here's Mick Christopher. Mick Christopher, hey day on LMFM's 11 to 1. News at 12 is approaching and after that, what did Lady Anne see under the table in the lighthouse that drove her insane? Illustrator and artist Roger O'Reilly has some ghoulish tales to tell after 12. 11 to 1. I mean, Cara, what a feeling kicking off our second hour. Sinead Brazel here with you till one. Hope you're keeping well. You can get in touch 086 1800 658. Now, if you're just joining us, we're doing the Monster Mash. Yeah. Yeah. Why are we doing this? Well, it's the Monster Mash for Cancer Cash. And it's all to do with the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre. They are holding a great night tomorrow. It's Monster Mash for Cancer Cash at Dolly's Bar in Slane. Uh, It's back, it says here on the poster. Music from the legendary DJ Tom O'Whelan. It's from 8pm to late in Dolly's Bar Slane and tickets are €10. Would you like to go along? We've got a couple of tickets up for grabs. Nice kickstart to the Halloween for you uh, tomorrow night. So all you have to do is tell me what monster am I describing? Okay, so these creatures sleep by day often in a coffin they come out at night they live in a castle garlic and crosses repel them but watch out for their fangs very easy what monster am I describing answers please to 086 1800 658 we've already had the ministers in the doll love it we've also had uh, the lady down the road from one message let me just say all great answers but not the ones I'm looking for (laughs) The guys, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. The guys with the fangs. 086-1800-658. And you could be getting uh, tickets to Monster Mash for Cancer Cash in Dolly's Barnes Lane. All of the funds there going to the great cause, Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre. 086-1800-658 for your answers. Now it's time to check in with the world of monsters. I mean, celebrities. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Louise. James Corden has apologised for his behaviour at a restaurant in New York after the owner announced that he was banned, claiming he was the rudest customer they've had. It comes after he sent back his wife's meal three times after it came with food that she was allergic to and the time before James found a hair in his food. Speaking on his show, James said it was never his intention to upset staff and acknowledged his behaviour. Because I didn't shout, I didn't call anyone names or use derogatory language, I've been walking around thinking that I hadn't done anything wrong. But the truth is, like I have, I made a rude comment. It was ungracious to the server. It was never my intention. I hope I'm allowed in again one day so when I'm back, I can go there and apologise in person, which is something I will absolutely do. Victoria Beckham has ruled out reuniting with the Spice Girls at Glastonbury next year. She said she had so much fun with the girls, but everything else she's got going on with her fashion and beauty line and the kids, she can't commit to it. She also admitted she enjoys singing to the Spice Girls during karaoke. Barbarian is out in cinemas now, just in time for Halloween. The horror film's about a young woman who discovers the rental home she's booked is already occupied by a stranger. Star Georgina Campbell tells us what sets the movie apart. It's just got a fantastic script. It has a fantastic story in its centre. It's really well written. It has something to say, which is always kind of exciting when you're watching genre films. 
and it's constantly leaves you second guessing. You just don't know what's going to happen. That's The Buzz. I'm Louise. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. <laughs> I got another one here as well. Oh, the poor L parking wardens are getting it now as well in our monster quiz. No. Oh, did somebody get a fine this morning? Oh my goodness me. Love it. Love it. Not the answer I'm looking for. Not the answer I'm looking for. Keep them coming in though. I am loving them. 086-1800-658. Now, speaking of monsters, there's going to be plenty of monsters and ghouls and witches and ghosts uh, around Drogheda on Friday afternoon because the Spooks Parade is back. Kieran Gallagher, the most colourful man in Drogheda, I'm going to say, got in touch with me to say he's back in charge of this year's Spooks Parade. It's happening tomorrow afternoon in the town at 4pm and it says uh, travelling from one end of the ancient town to the other, starting at Barlow House and it completes its ghoulish journey at St. Lawrence's Gate. Um, and he promises a pageant full to the brim of creative folk from in and around the surrounds of Drogheda and it's all with thanks to Kadakaboomarts.com and the Drogheda Arts Centre's Lanov's Children's Festival so we have uh, kids from Kids Cast Kid Cast Productions Abbey Dance Studio Tracy Martin St. Bridget St. Patrick's School Presentation Bal McKenney School the Brian Murphy Brass Quintet the Samba Mamas and of course the Kadakaboom Crew so they're going to be doing lots of dancing they're going to be just entertaining through the Spooks Parade. It's always a highlight of the Halloween every year. Uh, so Kieran, who's uh, the artistic director and creator of this Spooks Parade, said uh, he's hoping lots of folk will bring the children down, not only to watch and enjoy, but also join in. He says, I love when the children join in the parade, so you can register if you'd like to. Uh, admin at drihid.com. So admin at drihid.com is the email if you want to register and sign up and it's all happening from 4pm tomorrow. The Spooks Parade is back. There's Maroon 5 with memories on LMFM's 11 to 1. So what exactly did Lady Anne see under the table in the lighthouse that drove her insane? We're going to find out, is it now, with Roger O'Reilly. He's artist and illustrator, founder of IrelandPosters.ie. He has some ghoulish tales to tell behind the lighthouses that he's been illustrating. 11 to 1. I feel like we need some spooky music for this next item. Yes. What on earth did Lady Anne see under the table in the lighthouse that drove her insane? Where did Thomas Howell keep the decaying body? These are just some of the ghoulish stories my next guest has to tell. He's a renowned artist and illustrator, the creative mind behind Ireland posters. Roger O'Reilly, he's been sketching and illustrating Ireland's landscape and landmarks since 2017. And he has a particularly stunning collection of posters featuring lighthouses. But behind some of these illustrations is a seriously spooky tale. Roger O'Reilly is on the line with me now. How are you getting on, Roger? I'm not so bad, Sinead. Thanks very much for bringing me on the show. Great to have you on. Now, it was on the website earlier on. If people want to check it out, by the way, it's irelandposters.ie. And the posters you've created of the lighthouses are just stunning, like beautiful. You would never know that some of them have ghoulish stories behind them, (laughs) which makes them even more intriguing. But tell me, first of all, what drew you to drawing lighthouses in the first place? Well, of course, I grew up close by the three lighthouses at Mornington, um, the northeast and west, and they're kind of spooky themselves. They're like Daleks sitting out, out on the, the burrows the, uh, at the sand dunes, staring at the sea, like forlorn Daleks, wondering when their master is coming home. Um, 
And I, I, I just always liked the atmosphere around them. Um, and I was doing a, a series of, uh, of posters, as, as, as you mentioned, I did posters of, uh, of various locations and, and uh, landscapes around Ireland. And um, I decided to start doing some of the, uh, the lighthouses down here on the south coast. Um, and Hookhead was one of the ones I started with. So that really started the series. Um, and speaking of spookiness, uh, yeah. Hookhead is a perfect place to start because, mm. of course, the peninsula has always been a haven for smuggling and counterfeiting and all that kind of stuff because it's it's so uh, isolated and windswept. And a little way away from that lighthouse is a place called Loftus Hall, which some of your listeners may have heard I've of. I've heard of this place. supposed to be uh, the most haunted, isn't it, or something? The most haunted oh, house God. in Ireland, indeed. And... Um, According to legend, the devil himself is supposed to have visited the house. Um, and it was a tradition back in, in the day that on a stormy night, the ships would be allowed to shelter in the harbours alongside the coast. And if it was particularly stormy, they'd be put up in nearby houses. Um, the, the passengers would be put up in nearby houses. So one uh, particularly stormy night, a vessel pulled into Slade Harbour down there on the coast, and a stranger from the vessel made his way up to Loftus Hall, where he was granted board in the house. And he managed to kind of charm uh, his way into the family, and particularly uh, Lady Anne Loftus, the daughter of the house. She was particularly taken by him. And back in those days, we didn't have TVs, so we the people had to sit around and make their own entertainment. So cards was one of the fa- favourite uh, pastimes. So uh, during the evenings, they were out the, in the in the house playing cards. And one uh, evening, the game was in full swing when Lady Anne dropped her card and it fell underneath the table. And she leant down underneath the table, expecting to see across from her the shapely calves of the stranger who turned up at the house. And instead, what did she see except a cloven hoof and it turned out to be the devil sitting up there at the table and of course he was as shocked as she was to have been unmasked yes. and he is said to have disappeared through the roof in a ball of flame leaving everybody shocked and traumatised um, Lady Anne unfortunately never really recovered and she was um, locked up in the house by her family um, and is said to haunt the house ever since Okay, so, so she was actually, this is uh, where, because I've heard of Lady Anne of Loftus Hall, yeah. of course, but I she didn't know happened. what happened to her, okay. Yeah, so she, she was locked up in the room and she, she basically died in the house, but, uh, but she never recovered from seeing the devil. And she said to haunt the house ever since. Now, the, ha- the house is going to be turned into a five-star hotel. <laughs> I did hear this, all right. Maybe your lovely hook head lighthouse could be adorning the walls. You wouldn't know, Roger. Absolutely. Make absolutely. it full circle so, here with this. Uh, so are they going to demolish it? Or no, they're going to keep it in its no, grandeur, but just transform it. Oh, it's wow. in, in an amazing um, um, site overlooking um, overlooking Hookhead Peninsula um, on a stormy night it's, it looks completely different but on a sunny day you, just, you would think there's no better place in the world um, but it's uh, it, it's, an, it's an interesting an interesting story actually near, nearer to yourselves Yes um, I was going to say because you've got lots from Louth and Mead in the collection as well Yeah and Hall Bowl in, in, in Carlingford Lock was always rumoured to be haunted. Mm. Um, and nearby is the Hag's Head, uh, or sorry, not the Hag's Head, the Hag's Inlet. Um, and of course, Hall Ball Line is a Norse name and means the haunt of eels. Um, so, it's, so it gives you some idea of how spooky it was up there. I mean, there were, there were um, 
currents, treacherous currents running by that place, people would have stayed away from it long before the, um, the lighthouse appeared. And, um, and in fact, it was an exorcism of sorts carried out in the lighthouse Ooh. in the early 60s by the Reverend Cattle from nearby Kilkeel because uh, people wouldn't go near the lighthouse and the keepers um, seemingly, you know, heard all sorts of noises and spooky goings on. Um, so in the early 60s, they did a kind of an exorcism. Um, and uh, only a couple of years later, uh, on St. Patrick's Day in 1965, I'm not sure whether St. Patrick had something to do with it, but um, he, on that day, the, uh, the, the lighthouse was fully automated and the keepers withdrawn. And so it has been pretty much abandoned ever since apart from the engineers who have to go out and fix it from time to time. So there's, um, That's there's a spooky lighthouse nearby. Yeah, and like, you know, like, you know, you think of a lighthouse like they are iconic, you know, the look of them, the history behind yeah. them. But, and, you know, this idea of somebody kind of, you know, guarding the lighthouse, a solitary kind of figure. You know, there's That's there's it. a lot that to be like, a, there, there should be more, I suppose, uh, ghost stories around lighthouses, shouldn't there? Oh, I, yeah, I think, I think yeah, virtually every lighthouse, um, you know, it, it, again, it's one of those things on a stormy night, a uh, lighthouse feels very different than it does on a sunny day, um, yeah. you know, but, um, but as you say, you know, the, the, the dare to, to protect and uh, Fanad is another one up in, the, in uh, County Donegal and in Fanad there was a ship, the Saldana, um, which sank, it was, a, it was a Navy ship and with the loss of over 200 sailors um, in Loch Swilly and they all perished apart from the captain. Um, it lasted long enough to be given a drop of putchy in to revive him, but instead it killed him. Um, so, fortunately, he didn't survive. But the only other survivor from the ship was the ship's parrot. And, of course, the ship's parrot was duly shot by one of the locals because the parrot started speaking and the local thought he was obsessed or possessed by the oh, devil. Wow. Oh my God! The poor parish. Okay, and shot so, so unfortunately, every single one of them perished, perished. And that actually was the was one of the big reasons why founded lighthouse was actually built. Was after that they decided. Oh, after to, that, yeah, so they they decided to have this lighthouse to to warn people of yeah, their close. Warn people of the rocks and, and to, to guide them into the locks fully. Oh my God! Um, and and what about uh, Thomas Howell now? T- tell me about him and how did he end up hiding a dead body? Well, Thomas Hell, yeah, that's one of my favourite stories. This this one takes place on the, on the Pembrokeshire coast, off the coast of Wales. Um, and so back in that day, in those days, that, this lighthouse was not what you envisage as a lighthouse, a lovely big stone building. In fact, it was like a shed on top of nine big sort of wooden piles. And it was 20 miles out to sea, so it wasn't, um, wasn't anywhere near shore. And uh, Thomas Hell and the other guy, Thomas Griffith, the two of them were stationed as keepers. And it was well known that the two, two of them didn't get on. So they were put onto this lighthouse, and um, and Griffith became unwell after an accident, and um, and Hell sent out a distress signal, but no help came. And after a while, Griffith just breathed his last. He, he collapsed and died, and Hell was now faced with a dilemma, because they were known as adversaries. If he threw the body off the lighthouse, um, he would be accused of murder. So he decided he had to keep the corpse in the lighthouse. But of course. It started to decay and it started to um, to smell. He was going a bit nuts with the smell of it. So he, with a few materials he had, he made a kind of box for the for the, the corpse and, and secured it to the railing outside the, um, the on the lighthouse just beyond the windows. But the storms continued to batter the lighthouse and the coffin disintegrated and left the body outside swinging oh back and forth with the. God arm knocking on the window. Oh God, <laughs> Roger, that is horrific. I have the image uh, straight in my head. Oh my God. 
So as if he wasn't <laughs> going nuts already, now the bank, constant banging on the window was driving uh, cuckoo. And uh, and then, as if that wasn't bad enough, as the storm, and he, this is, we've got to remember, like, this is weeks are out there, right? yeah. on on basic rations. Yeah. And eventually the storm starts to abate, and he spots the ship coming by, and he thinks, at last, I'm saved. But the ship captain looks out at the, through his binoculars and sees this figure on the um, on the balcony waving back at him, and he thinks, "Oh, they're all obviously okay if he's waving." Oh. At me. And the ship oh keeps going. God. Oh <laughs> my god! So he's stuck there. And you know, it kind of reminds me. I don't know if you've seen the movie uh, with um, Lighthouse. Yes, Robert Pattinson. Yes. Is it kind of because there's a little similarity there in that storyline? Similar. That story, yeah, was kind of based on another story from Scotland. Um, uh, Ilan Moore Lighthouse where, uh, in the Flannan Isles where the lighthouse keepers just went missing overnight um, and when they went to check to see uh, you know where they'd gone all they found was uh, basically the the, um, the lighthouse keepers uh, cottage had been abandoned there was a meal on the table and a chair knocked over um, one of the coats was still there the other two coats were missing and, um, and they couldn't figure out you know what had happened um, and eventually they concluded that a gigantic freak wave had come over the island. They had been out probably trying to fix some equipment. A gigantic wave had come over the island. And you've got to remember this island is 60 metres high. And yes. this would have, must have been a massive wave. And it came over the island and just washed them all away. Uh, leaving absolutely no trace. Oh, and um, do you know what? If people, you know, are interested in this kind of thing, like that movie is fantastic. Yes. Himself and what is the other guys? And I have him in his in my head. Uh, William Defoe is in it as yes. well, and the two of them are fantastic. And it is in black and white, absolutely brilliant. Um, so you know, you, as we talked about lighthouses, but you, you have so many more things in your uh, repertoire, Roger, uh, on the website, and no doubt as well, uh, you're busy in the run up to Christmas. But you did That's start. Right. Let's move to lighter things now you did you did start a lovely series in lockdown didn't you I did yeah I, I started doing the birds of Ireland um, because uh, it suddenly became very quiet I mean like everybody else you know there's traffic noise in the background and everything and I was sitting out in the garden and suddenly um, I mean I just noticed there were birds everywhere we had birds I'd never seen before I certainly never noticed um, and I, I've always been interested in folklore, so I started looking up the Folklore Association with various birds. And of course, there's loads, loads of stories to do with, you know, robins and magpies and yeah. so on. Um, and so I started to illustrate. Um, I started to illustrate the, uh, the birds, and I got up to about thirty. Um, I actually did another two there um, last week, so um, it's a, an ongoing uh, thing. But um, but it was wonderful to do because, uh, as I said, you know, there's wonderful folklore to associate with the birds, and of course. People have their own particular favourites. Um, I think the robin is probably... The robin's a big one. And I know a lot of people that, you know, when they see a robin, it's like a loved one. Isn't there a little kind of rhyme associated yeah, with that? Is. There's a loved yeah, one yeah. close by. And it's a perfect one as well in the in the run-up yeah. to Christmas. And I have to say, Roger, for any art lover, these works are surprisingly affordable. I mean, are you sure you're not doing yourself it? money there <laughs> I should get you as my marketing manager. I'm telling you I couldn't get over yeah no absolutely and they're, they're really stunning pieces pieces of work um, so is, is there like a closing t- date in terms of you know getting orders in for Christmas that kind of thing um, yeah, well, it's used, the usual on post date. So if you keep yeah. an eye on, on, on the postal dates, uh, and generally add a day or two stuff because on post tend to, you know, um, they tend to 
try and get people to go to, to post a little yes. bit earlier than they get, need to. get in there um, early with them absolutely yeah. well I, I thank you so so much Roger for having a chat with us and spooking the, the <laughs> giving me fun. the heebie-jeebies for the rest <laughs> of the day but thank you so much for, for chatting with us and the best of luck uh, going forward with your work that's great yeah, thanks for having me on the show thanks a million Ro- thanks a million Roger O'Reilly there if you want to find out more about his work by the way and see some of these magnificent lighthouses that we've been talking about with the spooky tales associated irelandposters.ie 11 to 1 Getting back to the music now shortly, but somebody has a message here, which is just adding to the whole spooky heebie-jeebies feeling that we have going on in the show today on 086 658. What about the story with the man's head that appears in Termin Fecken? Never heard of this. I need to find out more about this. Is this like an urban legend ghostly tale? Do tell me more about this. I've no clue about this. Uh, if you have any more details, do get in touch with me. Uh, don't uh, forget later on, on Late Lunch, there's more spooky tales with Jerry Kelly as well. Maybe he knows more about this man's head than appears in Dermot Fagan. No clue. Not a clue. There's George Ezra, green, green grass, getting back to the term in feckin' haunting. It says, it's a horse with a man's head was seen in term in feckin'. This made news of the world paper. Term in feckin' is haunted like mad, apparently. Well, I'm seeing term in feckin' in a whole new light. I need to investigate further on that. Thank you so much, texter on 86 658 Sticking with the ghoulish theme, uh, our winner for the Monster Mash for Cancer cash tickets at Dolly's Bar in Slane. It is going to, I'm after losing the name of the person, where is, oh yeah, there we go. Clodagh Kearney in Dunlear, County Louth. You're going along to that, but don't worry, we do have tickets up for grabs on tomorrow's show as well. Now sticking with today, we're talking TV after these. 11 to 1. Yes, Clodagh Kearney getting our tickets. It was, of course, Vampire, what I was looking for. That was the monster I was describing. Not, you know, People in the Doll or The Lady Down the Road. But I did love all those suggestions as well. We will have more tickets up for grabs tomorrow. Now, very quickly to our TV highlights uh, for this week. Tonight at 10 past, uh, sorry, at quarter past 10 on RTE1, a sporting chance. And this uh, features activist and journalist Joanna O'Reardon. She looks at women's sport in Ireland, examining if there's a level playing field for females and what more can be done in terms of progress. There's profiles of Dublin footballer and Ireland rugby player Hannah Tyrrell. Uh, Boxer, our local girl, Amy Broadhurst, features as well, while Joanne explores the potential financial upsides for sponsors and players, as well as questioning what really is the difference between male and female. So that's tonight, RTE1 at quarter past ten, a sporting chance. Then we have, uh, moving to tomorrow night and this one, you know, it always brings a tear. It really does. And it's always so special every year. It's the Gogglebox Celebrity Special for Stand Up to Cancer. That's happening on Channel 4 on Friday at 9pm. And the lineup is fantastic. So they've got Tom Daly and his husband. And uh, they also have, um, who have they got? Gold medalist and avid knitter, uh, Daly and Black, they say. Yeah. And also they've got the usual, right? The usual suspects that we always uh, see on Gogglebox, but also Gordon Ramsay and his daughter as well. And uh, singer Charlotte Church is in there as well and also actor Luke Evans so that's on Friday October uh, 28th at 9pm and the one that I'm very much looking forward to 
on Sunday, October 30th, they are back. Dick Strawbridge and Angel, they are back. Escape to the Chateau Channel 4 at 8pm. It is the final season, by the way, for fans of that. So Dick and Angel are back in our lives. No idea what they're actually doing up or anything this time. But if you followed their journey throughout the nine seasons, you'll absolutely know what I'm talking about. They're just lovely. If you're having a bad day, just stick an angel, stick it on. It's great. Escape to the shadow. They're my top TV recommendations for this week. That is our lot on the show for today. Thank you so much for your company. Back again tomorrow with more of the same Halloween spooktacular. I'll leave you for now with the thrills. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 087 Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.